Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with Joseph Scrimshaw on Feral Audio. I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. Not surprisingly, since I just said it. This week's episode is about the cultural phenomenon known as Sailor Moon. I've been asking fans what topics they'd like to hear about, and several of you said, please, Sailor Moon, do the Sailor Moon thing. So I asked a podcaster and host and my friend Emma Fife to come on the show and talk about her Sailor Moon obsession, and I learned so much. I don't know if you can tell, but I just said that in all caps. So much. I learned. As always, you'll also hear our co-producer Sarah Meyer interviewing random human beings around Los Angeles and seeing how they feel about Sailor Moon. Have they heard of Sailor Moon? Do they like Sailor Moon? Can their puny mortal minds even comprehend Sailor Moon? Do they think Sailor Moon is the name of a painful yoga pose or a new craft beer? We'll find out. But before we dive deep into the magical yet confusing world of Sailor Moon, it's time to answer a listener's submitted question about their personal obsession. I throw out requests for obsessions on my Facebook and Twitter, so if you have an obsession you'd like addressed here on the podcast, follow me on the social medias as at Joseph Scrimshaw. Recently, Justin Riek, I apologize if I mangled your name, Justine, asked not one, but two questions, and I appreciate the obsessiveness of that, so I'm going to answer both questions. Justine says... I'm obsessed with mac and cheese. Why can't I eat less than the whole pot? I'm aware that it's not even real cheese. It's just so irresistible. Ellipsis. Also, I'm obsessed with the little samples of cologne that come in magazines. Why don't real men smell as good as the samples? Excellent questions, Justine. Let's tackle the less important one first. Cologne samples. Now, uh, I'm not sure what specific cologne samples you've been smelling. I don't know if it's Tuscan leather or tobacco vanilla or steak lion or emotionally repressed axe handle. Most of those are real. But regardless, when you smell a cologne sample in a magazine, it is surrounded by the smell of the magazine itself. You're not just smelling cologne, you're also smelling murdered wood, which is probably an actual brand of cologne too. But when you smell an actual human man wearing cologne, the additional odor isn't the pleasant aroma of glossy printed pages. It is probably the stereotypical man smells of sweat, beef jerky remains in their bushy beards, and hubris. No cologne is powerful enough to overcome the smell of hubris. I have tried. But that's just my opinion. Now on to the important topic where I have some factual knowledge, mac and cheese. Why can't we stop eating it? This one is easy. It is a vast conspiracy, possibly involving aliens, the government, and every single fucking cow in Wisconsin. I believe that every company that produces macaroni and cheese has chemically manipulated the formula of their cheese powder foodstuff to remind us of our childhoods. Even if you didn't eat that specific brand as a kid, even if you never even ate macaroni and cheese at all when you were a youngling, no matter what, macaroni and cheese tastes like comfort. Because somehow, it always tastes like you're eating your own childhood. Even if you're lactose intolerant, it doesn't matter. It's eating your childhood. Which should be gross, but no, it's beautiful. My final thought on this matter... I now plan to invent 
macaroni and cheese cologne for men and call it like rugged fromage or something like that and become the richest human being on the planet. So thank you for that and for your awesome questions, Justine. Now on to the plugging. Obsessed is made possible by your kind support on Patreon. If you'd like to help the podcast keep growing and coming out every Thursday, you can throw us a buck or two a month by visiting patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. You will also get access to our patron-only bonus episodes. Shows. I do shows. In March, I'm doing some weird storytelling at David Huntsberger's The Junk Show. Then I'll be doing a stand-up set for The Meltdown with Jonah and Kamel. And I'll be doing a bunch of comedy stuff at Wizard World in Las Vegas. Plus... My good friend Hal Lublin and I are cooking up a show here in Los Angeles for April Fool's Day. More info on that show soon. You can find the details of all of these shows at josephscrimshaw.com slash live dash shows. But now, sit back, relax, put on your best magical space princess superhero cosplay and thrill to Emma Five's obsession with Sailor Moon. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with an awesome person, Emma Fife. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. I got awesome parking, so I feel <laughs> like it was meant to be. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to start asking all of my guests this. Were you put off by me saying you were an awesome person? No. Did that bother you? No, I think of myself as an awesome person, though because... The convention company that I work for is called Amazing Comic Conventions. Okay. I tend to default to the word amazing. Okay, so, so do you but, want me to do the intro again with amazing? Yeah, let's try it again. Okay. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting here in my home with an amazing person. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that was that good. That was pretty fun, but yeah. I put my back into it a little bit too much, and then it, and then it did sound <laughs> and insincere. You might have tried a little too hard. <laughs> amazing! Yeah, I got a little Stanley on that. Uh, so can you uh, tell the people listening a little bit about uh, who you are and yeah. why you are amazing and or awesome? Yes, uh, I'm Emma Fife, as I introduced myself already. <laughs> I, I, Gosh, I'm like a... a podcast host like that's what I would like identify myself as these days uh I do a whole bunch of shows uh for After Buzz Media both at AfterBuzzTV.com uh and also several shows on the Popcorn Talk Network or have been involved in in the past or yeah. many guest appearances on uh including Jedi Alliance with Joseph yes. which was awesome uh yeah but I I do after shows for a bunch of the Marvel stuff so I was on like the Jessica Jones after show and I'm on the Agent Carter panel. I was doing the Disney XD Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. I, I talk about cartoons a lot. I do <laughs> Transformers and Star Wars Rebels also. Uh, and then uh, independently of After Buzz, I do a Sailor Moon podcast called Love and Justice. Nice. Uh, which is sort of my my pride and joy and raison d'etre. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, do I remember correctly that you do red carpet interviews as yeah, well? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've done a, I've covered a bunch of red carpet stuff for uh, After Buzz. Most of it's sort of on the, the nerdier niche side. Uh, I've done several red carpets for Funimation, um, who are the distributors for things like Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Uh, so I did a, so one of my first red carpets actually was covering the English language premiere of the newest Dragon Ball Z film, uh, Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. That was at Anime Expo <laughs> okay. last year. That's a, that's a real title, right? Yeah. Resurrection a, no, F. Resurrection F. It's his for Frieza. He's one of the main bad guys in Dragon okay. Ball Z. Okay. Yeah. That's not like an indication of there have been several other resurrections before <laughs> F? No, no. Okay. No, there was no like Resurrection E or D. <laughs> I love all those translations. Um, yeah. Yeah, but the, one of the coolest red carpets I did was, uh, and I also did the after show for this show, but I did the red carpet for Ash vs. Evil Dead. Awesome. Which was so rad because I got to like interview Bruce Campbell and it was the only time I've ever gotten starstruck in an interview where I just like, my brain went, I... I don't know what to say. No, do you try to come up with unique questions for people like I Bruce do, Campbell? I do. Um, as a, Actually, I, 
my approach to red carpets usually is to try, like, I, I don't really come with like a menu of here's what I'm going to say to everybody. I, I usually will interview one or two people on the carpet first because you never get like the really big people first. And I'll kind of like get into a groove of like, what am I asking everybody at this? So like at Ash vs. Evil Dead, I asked a lot of people like, you know, it, how they think they would do in the event of an actual Deadite uprising. Nice. Um, and, then, and then just based on their answers, I kind of just listen to what they have to say and go from there. And did you feel like... Uh, externally, you did a good job with Bruce Campbell, or did you freeze up and ask him no, something weird? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I did really well. He, How's your hair? No, he's lovely. Um, he was really funny because, you know, when you do red carpets, you usually have this little placard in front of you that says, like, what media outlet you are. And so for us, I think it just said ABTV. Like, it didn't actually say AfterBuzz TV. So he's just sitting there, like, reading the initials and, like, making <laughs> jokes about it. And this is all on camera. So I'm like, eh, whatever. We're just going to... We're just going to roll with whatever happens Yeah, here. you just want to get some content out yeah, of it. Yeah, no, it was it was great. He was really cool to talk to. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for coming and talking to me about Sailor Moon. A mm-hmm. couple of uh, podcast listeners asked for a Sailor Moon podcast. Oh, And nice. I remembered uh, <laughs> seeing you talk about on social media about yes. Sailor Moon, so I thought, oh, I'll ask Emma. That'd be perfect. Yeah. So could you start by explaining Sailor Moon oh, to people man. who have never seen or read it? Okay, so somebody actually asked me this recently. Should they're be like, real easy, they right? They were like, why do you love Sailor Moon so much? And I'm like, because it's about a bunch of of girl superheroes who are the reincarnations of magical space princesses. <laughs> like, that is legitimately what the story is about. So it's it's roughly inspired, actually, by this Greek myth uh, about uh, the goddess of the moon, Selene, who falls in love with a human shepherd named Endymion. So basically, in Sailor Moon, um, in, the, in the past, in the Silver Millennium, which was, like, prehistoric, according to the manga, a thousand years ago, according to the 90s version of the anime series... Um, so Princess Serenity was the princess of the moon and she fell in love with the prince of the earth, but the earth and the moon were like, not cool with each other. They were like, the people on the <laughs> earth were like, not moon BFFs. People. No, okay. not at all. Cause the moon people like led these perfect lives and had super long lifespans and the humans are like, Hey, whatever. We're just down here on earth and we like <laughs> die you, in a regular people. lifespan and we don't have magical powers. Uh, so, uh, basically they fall in love, but it's totally forbidden. Um, he, but you know, they're, they're teenagers in love. So you can't stop teenagers in love from being <laughs> together. But this other woman on the earth, uh, her name is Beryl. She like also was in love with Prince Endymion. Uh, well, according to the manga in the nineties anime, it's not very clear. There's been several versions of okay. Sailor Moon. Yes. Uh, so there are many interpretations, right? Yes, many and interpretations. then the, um, the English translation dub is different, right? Yeah, a little okay, bit? so there's actually like two different versions now of the English dub. So there's the one that I watched as a kid growing up that was dubbed in Canada by Deke and then by Cloverway, um, which actually was recorded at the same studio. It's just Deke didn't really exist anymore uh, in the 90s up through like early 2000s when they made it through the end of uh, the fourth season, which is Sailor Moon Super S. Uh, and then Viz Media just recently started redubbing the entire series uncut. Okay. Because, yeah, exactly. So, like, the version that I grew up watching was very heavily edited. Right. So, anytime that you say anything about Sailor Moon, you could theoretically qualify with, I'm talking about this version, yeah. from this version, with that version, with yeah. this version. Oh, right. 100%. Okay. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and, and also, so there's the manga, which is the original story. So, you know, I got a little into the history of it, but basically... 
in far, far in the future, this girl Usagi or Serena was her name in the original English dub finds out that she is basically the reincarnation of the moon princess and has magical powers and has to protect the world from evil. That's, that's a very sort of like basic thing. And she's got a whole team of girls that do this with her who were the princesses of the other planets and yeah. her guardians in the past. Yeah, this is the cool thing to me about anime of you can either go really short like yeah. you did. You you gave me like a one sentence, yeah. which was already kind of weird and out there, which is yeah. awesome. And they're like, well, basically it's just millennia ago, teenagers yeah, fell in love exactly, because of the totally. space, the earth, moon people, and then the fire dragon uh, pooped a letter. And then, yeah, yeah she just, so yeah, uh, which is awesome. It's I love so the true. differences. So what was your first experience of Sailor Moon? How did you get Oh my hooked. gosh. So I actually, <laughs> the first experience I had with Sailor Moon was I remember seeing an advertisement on TV for the toys. Oh, yeah, awesome. For the, for the dolls that they made of all the girls and also for like the toy version of the Moonstick and um, the Henshin brooch, her transformation item. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing Henshin this, brooch. Yeah, Henshin. Okay. It's like transformation. Okay. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I saw this ad on TV and I was like, what is this? It's a whole bunch of girls in these cute little like sailor uniforms. <laughs> and uh, and then I, I'm going to get super, so I grew up in the Northeast uh, and I'm about to get super white right now. Uh, so I was at horseback riding camp. Horseback yes. riding camp. Yeah, horseback All riding right. camp. All yeah, right. Where just Coldplay was yeah. always playing, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was an equestrian as a child. Um, so, and this girl who I went to horseback riding camp with was, um, she was talking to me about Sailor Moon and how much she liked it. And I I still have this problem as an adult where, like, I can't admit that I haven't seen something that I okay. feel like I should have seen. You, like, fake your way oh, through I a conversation? I totally fake my way through a conversation. All right. Um, and so I did that even at, you know, I mean, this was 1995, so I was, like, eight or nine years old. Um, <laughs> you bullshitted oh, the other totally, totally horse riding girl? Through it. Yeah, and then, uh, the, and so then, like, the next morning, I was like, I have to get up super early and watch the Sailor Moon thing. Uh, and, yeah, that was, I, I was totally hooked. I still remember uh, what episode it was. Um, it was one of the episodes, people who, who know Sailor Moon, this yeah. will make sense to them, Um with Alan on or Alan and Ann were their names in the deep dub. And uh, it was the one where uh, Makoto is like into on uh, into uh, Alan's like human self. And she like makes him lunch. And, I don't know. It's a weird episode. <laughs> so you came into it from you. You saw the action figures related to another mm-hmm. person your age. You're like, this is a really cool yeah. show about female superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So going going through life as a Sailor Moon fan. Mm-hmm. Do you find that more people have that perspective or, are, or do you encounter a lot of people who have just seen images of Sailor Moon and have weird assumptions that it's not good gender politics, that right. it's just Japanese anime of a overly sexualized girl? Um, I find, honestly, that most people who I have encountered that that know Sailor Moon, they at least saw some of it on Toonami. Okay. Because, because in, like, 98, uh, Sailor Moon became part of Toonami's lineup, and... Like, at that time, it was Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, and they were on back-to-back. So, like, for me, I would watch Dragon Ball Z with my brother, and he would watch Sailor Moon with me. So I I feel like that carried over a lot. So, like, most people who I've met are like, oh, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I remember seeing that show, you know, on Cartoon Network when I was a kid. I don't actually find that that many people I encounter think of the girls as being, like, overly sexualized anime characters because I mean the thing is it's like 
okay, yeah, their their costumes are a little skimpy, but they're not really. Um, and uh, and if you watch any Sailor Moon at all, it's like so obviously for girls though i know a lot of guys that really like it and yeah. they don't like it for the wrong reasons you know what i mean like right. yeah of course the girls are cute they like that but that's not why they like sailor moon right because it's it's fighting and yeah, it's anime yeah, and there's girls kicking butt there's moon gods and yep. stuff and <laughs> yeah. there are no fire dragons right there are no fire dragons uh there aren't any fire dragons though <laughs> in the 90s version of the anime uh in sailor moon R, the second season one of the bad guys does transform into like a really fat ugly dragon Cool. Yeah. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. yeah I, I was I was really interested and excited to learn uh, that it was pretty progressive, really. Yeah. That it was oh, female yeah. superheroes. Because I think there's a generation uh, of geeks that were not into anime. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to a convention and you just see a giant picture of Sailor Moon mm-hmm. bending over, you just say, like, oh, what's this? Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it is super awesome. So when you when you just watched that random episode mm-hmm. to prove to the other horse girl that you knew what was going on, <laughs> were you just confused as shit when you, uh, when you watched that first episode, or were you able to quickly figure out what was going I on? I mean, I was, a, I was definitely a little confused. The thing is, my parents are computer programmers. Okay. So we were always very, like, tapped into like the information sort of world. So like I was using the internet as soon as the internet was a thing. Okay. So I feel like I I just as a kid I think too you're more accepting of like, well this is this is just what this is. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, and I and I accepted that I was coming into it late in the game and I didn't one hundred percent understand what was going on, but my God I was going to get up and watch this every morning so I could figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is cool. I, I knew that you knew a lot about Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. and I knew that you were really, really good about uh, talking about media and entertainment, because that's what you do. Yes. But you are even better. So I, I have a, a weird question for okay. you. I do all of my research for every topic on Wikipedia, so I have <laughs> awesome. an even level of knowledge uh, awesome. across topics, especially when they're ones that I don't know a lot about. <laughs> uh, and then sometimes I pull some quotes from Wikipedia. Okay. So awesome. I... Wikipedia has a list of what it thinks the primary themes okay. of Sailor Moon are. Okay. So I'm wondering if you would first tell me what you think the primary themes of Sailor Moon are, and then we'll see if <laughs> Wikipedia agrees with you. Uh, the primary themes for me are definitely love and friendship, uh, and just like the power of being a good person and not giving up and just believing in yourself. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay, so you you took away all of like the the moral lessons. Yeah, the, the moral lessons. The lessons sure. of how to be a good sure, but I mean, person. Yeah. From like a magical girl standpoint though, like there's there's a lot of like tropes and stuff that you see in Sailor Moon, so it's like Transformation items, transformation sequences, girl super sentai team, uh, ma- uh, cute mascots because there's these talking cats. Right. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh, cool. Uh, you, d- you definitely agreed with Wikipedia on some of the themes. Wikipedia <laughs> says recurring motifs include astronomy, astrology, Greek yeah. and Roman myth, true, yep, geology, true. Japanese elemental themes, oh, yeah. teen fashions, <laughs> teen fashion. and finally schoolgirl antics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right. Teen fashions, really? Yeah. Ooh, I, the outfits in the 90s anime are atrocious. Were they popular in Japan? I, they must have been. But oh my god, like you need to you need to Google image search uh Mamoru Chiba, the like token guy character. Okay. Because he wears the most 
offensive like they're awful his okay. outfits are so bad how is, how is his outfit offensive well like just is like, it like open like in the back or like purple pleated pants no just like an offense oh, from fashion okay no it's like yeah he wears like these high-waisted like purple pleated pants and this blazer that clearly has like giant shoulder pads that is very offensive um and uh and then he wears this like sleeve this windbreaker that's basically sleeveless but it's got like rolled donut sleeves it's it's really bad Right. So you, so you learned what not to do mm-hmm. from fashion. Yeah, from from a teen fashion standpoint, yes, it's very good at teaching you what not to wear. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, how would you interpret schoolgirl antics? Like, I think I know what they're getting at of it is about life as yeah. as a regular person as yeah. well as a superhero, right? Because they have kind of dual lives. They do, yeah. Because, I mean, they're all, they're all, like, supposed to be sort of 14, 15 when the series starts. So they're in middle school, high school. Um, yeah, I mean, schoolgirl antics, that's... The thing that's interesting is I feel like that is very unique to the 90s anime and and also the live action version of Sailor Moon. Okay. Um Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon because like the manga and the new anime series Sailor Moon Crystal like move along at a very breakneck speed. So it's like plot 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 plot. It's like, yeah, they're in school, but we don't really see that too much whereas like in the 90s anime they spend so many episodes like studying for their high school entrance exams at the Hikawa Shrine that Rei and her grandfather run. So Right, so you yeah. could tune in and not know that she's got a fucking moon stick for oh, a while. Yeah, no, okay. definitely. Yeah, if you if you picked up at the beginning of just a random episode of Sailor Moon, especially I feel like um so the nineties anime really drives the plot out a lot. Um and, and by drives the plot out I mean there's a ridiculous number of filler episodes. So like in the very beginning they introduce Sailor Moon and they don't introduce Sailor Mercury, the next of the Sailor Guardians who gets introduced until like 10 episodes in. Okay, wow. Whereas in the manga, like the comic that it's based on, she's introduced in the second act. So like they have 10 episodes basically of like just Usagi on her own. And I would say like a solid half of those episodes are just like her and her filler friends until her real friends show up. <laughs> so it's like 10 episodes of her just hanging out with losers. Yeah, basically. They don't have any henching brooches or no, anything? No, just... only Naru sticks around. The other ones like slowly but surely go away. <laughs> so it's kind of like real life. Like yeah, She tries true. her first batch of friends yeah. and they kind of suck yeah. and then she finds a real friend. Yeah, I don't so... even think the starter friends all have names. <laughs> <laughs> just starter friend A, yep. starter friend B. Yep. So, so obviously you watched this uh, when you were growing up and you were absorbing all of the lessons of friendship mm-hmm. and seeing examples of how to go about uh, being a person in life. Did you take any, like, dating cues from Sailor Moon? <laughs> you mean, like, did I get unrealistic expectations about men showing up to save me and heralding their approach by throwing a rose? <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen? Uh, it happens a lot in Sailor Moon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's horrible if the cartoon teaches you that it's a good thing when a man throws crap at you. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) right? Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, so there's this plot line in Sailor Moon where, like, uh, so basically Nako Takeuchi, who created Sailor Moon, always wanted to explore this idea of a romance between the four guardians, the four inner guardians, so, like, Mm -hmm. um, Jupiter, Mercury, Mars, and Venus, and the four, like, uh, so basically, this is going back to the, like, mythology of Sailor yes. Moon. Back in the day, in the Silver Millennium, when Endymion was the prince of the Earth, he also had four guardians. 
these four dudes, the Shiteno, uh, that's where the geology thing comes okay. in because they're all named after rocks, basically. <laughs> um, or minerals. I don't know. Um, but Nako Takeuchi always wanted to explore a romance between those four characters, which, of course, is very cliche and way too convenient. However... Me learning about this at age, you know, 12 when Sailor Moon was on Toonami and I started to get really, really obsessed with it. Like, yeah. this was a game changer for me. Um, and so I've, so I've always been into that, like, idea of, oh, the, you know, the, the bad guys who are actually good and changeable and in love with girls. So basically, I think that's oh. where my terrible taste in men comes from. <laughs> okay. So you, when you see an <laughs> asshole, you say, like, well... Like, well He's from the Silver Millennium. Exactly. Like, I can probably, change him. Like, we're probably destined to be together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a, that's a really bad cue. Yeah. Uh, now, the original story yes. uh, was is written by a woman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So do you think that it is a female perspective on relationships oh, because yeah, of that? yeah, absolutely. I mean, because, you know, Mamoru, who's the one guy character, is, is definitely... And it's interesting because the 90s anime painted him as a slightly different character in some ways than he is in the manga because like in the manga yeah they go through their like rough patches sort of getting together so basically like when Mamoru and Usagi the two like main love interest characters yeah they they clash they don't really like each other whatever um but it's clear that it's all just like sexual tension that's coming out as this like as these like arguments and things that they have (laughs) but I mean he is very much that I mean, he's the damsel in distress, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah, but with shoulder pads with, and everything. Yeah, exactly, with shoulder pads and everything, and a Dracula medallion. Um, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Does so the Dracula he, medallion do anything cool? No, It's no, just, he just more bad fashion? His, okay, so his <laughs> alter ego, his superhero alter ego is, ego is Tuxedo Mask, which is just a description <laughs> of what he's wearing. A tuxedo um, and a mask. Yeah, yeah and, a, and a, he wears a top hat, too, but, that, you know, Tuxedo Mask and Matt, which is mask. Tuxedo Mask top hat would yeah, be a great name. Yeah, it'd be, might be a little much though <laughs> bullshit <laughs> but uh but yeah because i mean he's very like they portray him as being very like emotionally adept and he's very supportive of her and like they talk okay they talk out their relationships are very open in their communication like it's so it, so it presents you with uh old ancient god men who yes. are evil but can be changed yep <laughs> Through the power of love and perhaps well, fashion. Yeah, and uh, then immediately nuked in, in the crystal. Yeah, it's like, they're like, oh, we're good guys, we love you, and death. And then they're immediately killed. Yeah, okay, yeah. so as soon as you turn the evil guys to good, they'll they die. die yeah. Okay, and then you are met with what sounds like, in, in real life, mm-hmm. a pretty positive yeah. male role model of oh, no, absolutely. somebody who's going to be sensitive and uh, understanding and all of those things. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because, you know, I, I grew up watching the 90s anime and it was like we refer to him on our podcast as uh local asshole Mamoru Chiba because like (laughs) he's such a jerk in the 90s anime but in the manga all of a sudden I found myself super on board with this relationship okay so how is he in that how is he a local asshole in uh in the cartoon it's just first of all like they get together pretty quickly in the original like manga storyline I think it takes about 29, nope, maybe more like 35 episodes for them to realize who each other are and sort of get together in the 90s anime. Because he just like, it literally is every time. They just, they keep that trope of like 
the guy who's kind of mean to a girl, but like they kind of like okay. each other. They just keep that going for a little too long in the 90s anime where basically like every time they encounter each other, it's like, hey, what's up? Remember, you're still fat and stupid. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's not that's He doesn't not exactly literally it. say that. That's not yeah, a literal that's, translation. That's basically what it is. Okay, so. <laughs> cool. All right. So you learn some good and some bad things about dating. Yeah. Like if yep. you if you meet a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Hurry up. (laughs) Make it work so they don't die. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe a local asshole has a a heart of gold and a tuxedo and a mask. Yeah. So what which of Sailor Moon's powers do you like? What 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 can she do and what would you like to be able to do if you could do what Sailor Moon does? Hmm. Well, most of her powers are all like sort of love healing powers. Okay. Because a recurring another sort of recurring trope in the series is that a lot of the time the bad guys that they're fighting are just, like, regular people who've, like, gotten possessed in some way because they're super obsessed with something or they've succumbed to the darkness in their heart. And they're always, like, possessed <laughs> by the bad guy. It's, okay. The bad guys in this world are, like, constantly possessing people. It's, like, a real <laughs> problem. Um, so, so most of Sailor Moon's powers are focused on, like, healing that person so that they, like, get to be themselves again and she doesn't actually kill them. Okay, but does she kick their ass? Does she hit yeah, them with things? Uh, no, 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 no. They use all magical attacks for the most part. <laughs> okay, so she has a, 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 a henching brooch? Yeah. And then she has her moon stick, right? Yeah, she, well, she has a bunch of different... Like, okay. she starts... the. It's first the moon stick and then it's the cutie moon rod and then she gets this <laughs> one with a heart on it. There's, it's like a whole... It's a whole evolution of weapons. Okay, so let's talk about the cutie moon rod. Yeah. Because I will never get tired of saying that out loud. So she uses the henching brooch to transform into Sailor Moon. Into Sailor Moon, in in various versions of Sailor Moon, right? And one of them has the cutie moon rod. Yeah, that's that's the second, like, major weapon that she has. Okay, so what does the cutie moon rod do? Uh, Its main attack is uh, moon princess halation. (laughs) Say that last word. Halation. Halation. Okay. It's apparently a real word. I looked it up one time, but now I can't remember what it means. Okay, well, yeah, it sounds like it's going to make your life hell. Like, <laughs> uh, so, so what is what is it? What does it? Uh, what does that mean? It shoots beams of light. It sho- okay, yeah. that's what they all do, right? Yeah, it they shoots kind of, yeah. different beams of light, and yeah. then different positive emotions to t- yeah, chase demons out. Yeah, basically. Okay, yeah. so that's pretty much what she does. Does she ever punch anyone? Not really. No. Did she ever kick anyone? She kicked a door one time. <laughs> was it possessed? No. It she just, just wanted to get back into her house. Her mom locked her out. <laughs> she did badly on a test. Fair enough. And did she use any anything magical to do that? Did she have no, like the... No, it was actually before she uh, got... This is in the very, very beginning. It's before she gets her powers. Okay, so, yeah. so she didn't have like the goat god heals no, or anything like that? No. Cool. Cool. Uh, now, so we've talked a little bit about Sailor Moon. We've talked about some of her romances. Mm-hmm. Uh if you could go to a bar and have a drink with any character from Sailor oh, Moon, man. what character would you want to have a drink with? Would you want one of the Sailor Moon herself uh, or one of the more obscure I don't, Moon me, people? I'm, I'm trying to think. Okay. Hmm. I feel like I would want to go to a bar and have a drink with... Uh, Maybe Sailor Pluto, because she is the guardian of the, like, door of time. So, like, okay. she basically just has to stand there and guard this door. But, like, she, like, allows certain people to pass through. So, like, who knows how long she's been alive. But, like, she has seen some shit. Okay. 
So, so you would you would ask her about just uh, what yeah, all just what all the the, wor- the world the whole the whole scope of time and space. That, that seems like a, a good topic yeah. for a chat over yeah. beer. Uh, so all of the sailor uh, different planets mm-hmm. and then moon, mm-hmm. but everybody else is a planet. Everybody else is a planet. Yeah. Does Sailor Moon ever feel bad about that? Like <laughs> I'm just a shitty little moon. <laughs> Like the center of the universe in the Silver Millennium. Okay, so, so. you learned some wrong things about dating, yeah. some wrong things about <laughs> astronomy. <laughs> <Not> astronomy. <laughs> this is not a good educational yeah, show no. for kids. Uh, so, do they are they more active than just so Sailor Pluto? Right, mm-hmm. she she is in charge of all of time and space, mm-hmm. and she just stands by a door. Well, she it's really complicated. Because <laughs> she, I wouldn't understand. No, no, it's just. So she's supposed to guard the space-time door, but then, like, her one friend is Chibiusa, who's Sailor Moon's daughter from the future. Right. And so, like, stuff goes down with her, and so Sailor Pluto, like, goes to save everybody, and she stops time, which she's not allowed to do. So then she dies, but she gets reincarnated in the past, but, like, she's still dead in the future. Spoilers, (laughs) so... Okay, so so she she does get to leave the door and have some active... uh, Cool, cool. So is there anything... Is there something historical or something in your own life that you would ask her about? Ooh, historically or in my own life. Well, I mean, assuming Earth's history is exactly the same and <laughs> that she has some sort of view of it, uh, I'm, su- <laughs> I'm super obsessed with the Revolutionary War right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, which I blame entirely on the musical Hamilton, um, which I downloaded the soundtrack for the first day it was available on iTunes and basically have not stopped listening to it, and that was in September, so... <laughs> It's been a while. Uh, well, thank you for not bursting out into song. I mean, oh, you yeah. can if you want, no, but, uh, but I, you're... No, I'll, 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 uh, I won't. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Maybe I will later. Um, but, yeah, so I, I would want to ask her about, like, the lives of the Founding Fathers, I think. And how accurate they are yeah, to Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how how accurate is, is Lin-Manuel Miranda's portrayal of Alexander Hamilton? I mean, despite the fact that, like, obviously he was a white guy, Lin-Manuel is not, but... Yeah. Uh, now, can she alter time? No. She, well, technically, yes, but she's not allowed to. So would you try to talk her into going back in time and teaching the, the characters of Hamilton, the actual <laughs> raps right, of Hamilton? Exactly, to do the rap battles? Um, I would, but she would die. So I feel like that's not probably worth sacrificing your life for. Fair enough. So probably. you'd have to get a lot of drinks in yeah, Sailor, exactly, yeah. Sailor Pluto to convince yep. her. Yep. To make all of the Hamilton people mm-hmm. rap in real life. Yep. Cool. Uh, so I read on Wikipedia about the the talking cats uh, yes. you were talking about. Is it Luna and Artemis? Yep. Is that right? They're mm-hmm. two talking cats. Okay. What what kind of stuff do the cats help with? Do they help with homework? Do they help with no, they, uh, space adventures? They help more with like Sailor Guardian stuff. Okay. Like they're 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 kind of the mentor characters. It's like. Artemis, anyway, like, knows all about what went down in the past and, like, what we got to do in the present time to prevent the past from repeating itself. Okay. And they, uh, like, Luna is the one who, like, gives Sailor Moon her transformation brooch and uh, gives her her weapons and her new powers and kind of, like, teaches her how to be That's Luna. Luna does, Okay, so why is Luna so stingy with giving her the new items a little bit at a time why doesn't she just dump out and say here's a bunch of different rods <laughs> because sailor moon is not very good at her job okay <laughs> yeah so, she's she i mean the thing about like usagi as a character is she is just this very regular girl okay and so it is this very kind of gradual process of her learning 
to accept her responsibilities and get stronger and, and you know, and sort of lead her team. Okay. So I watched, like, I, I didn't have an, as much time as I wanted. Okay. And I watched, like, two clips. I watched, like, okay. the uh, the intro song. Okay. Uh, which, to my mind, seemed like 18 minutes long. <laughs> like, I, I, have, I have the concept, and there's okay. a second verse. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched, like, just a little clip of uh, some of Sailor Moon and her friends talking, mm-hmm. including the cat. Okay. And the cat seemed real salty. Is the cat <laughs> always kind of riding Sailor Moon? Yeah, I mean, she's... As I say, like, she's sort of a mentor-teacher character, and Usagi's, to quote the the the, the uh, 90s deep dub, she's kind of a spaz. They they called everybody a spaz all the time in okay. the 90s dub for some reason. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, yeah, so she is very much on top of her being like, you know, you need to... You need to get your shit together, basically. Okay. Now, if you could have a talking mentor cat mm-hmm. who who guided you, mm-hmm. what kind of a what kind of a talking mentor animal would you want? Oh, I, if well, I mean, I feel like I would want a talking cat because I do love cats. Um, <laughs> and I think, I mean, unless I could have like a red panda, then you know, like <laughs> if like we're gonna go really gothic or like a, sure or like a fennec fox. Have you ever seen those? They're no. Real cute. I am getting very you 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 throw out these words and I don't know if they are th- from real world. <laughs> Or, things, so a fennec like, fox is real. A fennec fox is real, yeah. It's, it's not like a type. brooch that will no, turn me no. into a, an... Into a magical into boy. Into <laughs> a magical boy, yes. <laughs> uh, no, fennec foxes are these really cute little, like, foxes that have giant sticky-outy ears. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I, I, but I would want them to be... I want. I would want them to have like a very like mature sort of like mentor. Like I want them to be like Liam Neeson, like a, like Qui Gon Jinn. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that's like that's what I would want my mentor animal to be. All right. It would be like Qui Gon Jinn in cat form. Okay, that's. I really like that. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Uh, <laughs> so normally, when I when I think of actors from Star Wars, my mind goes to Star Wars. But for some reason, in this context, when you said Liam Neeson, I thought like, Take you mean it? from Taken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking that too, and then I was like, oh no, wait, that's I got it from Star Wars. That's like. <laughs> Now, remember to make good life choices today, or I will find you, and I will kill you. (laughs) Not good at all. Not good at all. Cool. Uh, Is there there anything in particular in life that you would want that sort of mentorship from, from Liam Neeson, Red Panda? Hmm. God, yeah. I I feel like... the, The thing I'm, like, the worst at in life is asking for stuff that I want that's just okay. going to personally make my life better. Like, I'm real good at being like, can I have more responsibility? Can I do more <laughs> things? What other things can I do to help you? But, like, when it comes to, like, taking care of me, not so good at it. So, like, if I could have Red Panda Liam Neeson be like, Emma, you need to take a day off, <laughs> that would be great. Nice, <laughs> nice. Great. Yeah, and Red Panda, Liam Neeson would just maybe make soup every once yes! in a while. Yes! Oh, man, yes. Kind things. Yeah, nice. he'd make me soup and, um, uh, and like cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be fun. He'd be yeah, fun he'd too. Yeah, he'd be real fun. Yeah. He, <laughs> nice. he would know when when it was appropriate to have a drink. <laughs> he knows the difference between cocktail time and soup time. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. I wish I had a red pantaloon. <laughs> Uh, great. So one of the things I really like about anime, I haven't watched a huge amount of anime, mm. uh, but what I like about it on like kind of a Western entertainment mm. is all of the world building. How much mm. time gets invested into we want this to not be like the real world at all. Totally. We want every anime to have its own unique sort of mythos. Yeah. So if you could do that to your to your own life, what kind of world building would you want to build up? Oh, for my own world? Yeah. Well, obviously. Okay, so 
I would love to be the reincarnation of a magical space princess, number one, because I just need those magical powers. But the other thing that I really would want in my own life, I don't know if you've ever, if you ever read like the Dragon Riders of Pern series when you were a kid. No, but, but I, I've, you're, I've you're talked somewhat, to a lot of people. You're somewhat familiar yes. with them. So basically, like I was rereading those books not too long ago and I got like legitimately depressed that I would never have a dragon. So like in, in my world, like I would be fine with just like living in this world that we live in, but like I also have magical powers and a dragon to whom I am bonded for life. And like I rule, uh, and like I'm the leader of a community of people who have these dragons, but it's like, but like I would be like a magical girl, but like I get my powers from my bond with my dragon, nice. I feel like. Now is that because, do you think it's, uh, because you crave more responsibility because you're such a hardworking person yeah, I th- that you'd I like also so. like a magical world to be in charge yeah. of. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's very true. Yeah. Like I was, I was literally, I was reading Dragon Riders of Pern. It was the first book. And so like when Lessa like becomes the werewoman basically by impressing Ramoth, the queen dragon, that's her like companion. I was like, I'm, I'm never going to, this will never be my life. <laughs> It was a really sad moment. <laughs> I, I understand. Uh, when I was a kid, I got super upset. I don't know why this centered around Iceman for some reason. Because <laughs> Iceman is not the most impressive superhero out there. Uh, I think it was because I grew up in Minnesota. And I thought, uh, oh, I could turn into the thing that yeah. torments me. Yeah. And yeah. I could have power over it. Exactly. Uh, for, so for some reason, I got really obsessed with Iceman. Like, I want to be Iceman. And I distinctly remember telling my mother... Uh, that I was bummed out. Well, she, I, she just saw that I was right. upset. Like, it was visually, she could tell that I was yeah. upset. And I was like, I, I'm never going to have superpowers. And she got real concerned. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I need to take my child to therapy because he wants to be Iceman. Almost to the point of frozen little tears. Uh, so I relate to that. That yeah. that sudden, if you spend a lot of time in geek yeah. world, that sudden realization of like, this won't happen. I, I can only find ways to emulate it. Yeah. Uh, so another thing I like about anime is the fan service concept, like that it's blatant <laughs> and has a name. It is, yeah. And I feel like more people are are aware of that term. Yeah, I, now. I agree. But if the creators of Sailor Moon came to you and said, "Hey, we're making more Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. and you're a fan, mm-hmm. how can we service you? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things would you want in Sailor Moon as an adult fan?" <laughs> Uh, less shirts on the men. <laughs> uh, no. Still shoulder pads? No shoulder pads. Okay. Yeah, get, get rid of the ugly fashion. Uh, yeah, more, uh, less, less shirts, uh, more butts. Um. <laughs> Would you want dragons? And dragons, yeah. Would you want absolutely. to see the dragons butts? Absolutely. I, I mean, you kind of always do. They don't really wear pants. So. No, they don't. But would you want them to be, like, defined buttocks oh, on yeah, dragons? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, just, like, sexy dragon <laughs> curved butts. Uh, a little bit of world building there. Yeah. That seems a little gross to Yeah, me. it does seem uh, <laughs> so, you, so you would just want the, the typical fan yeah, service? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's interesting because it, fan service is more common in shonen anime so anime that's aimed at boys right. than it is in girls anime you know sort of the closest you get to fan service in most sort of shoujo anime is just a lot of really attractive dudes yeah um and uh and, and certainly most of the the 
few and far between male characters that show up in Sailor Moon are very attractive. Uh, and in the 90s anime, the, there's all these really funny scenes of Usagi like fantasizing basically about getting married to both Tuxedo Mask and Motoki, the guy who she has a crush on. It's uh, great. Who is who is Motoki? Oh, is he, he... Uh, he works part-time at the Crown Arcade <laughs> where, where Usagi and her friends hang out. Uh, and does he turn into anything? Nope. Nope. Okay. He's just a dude. Oh, what he's a loser. He's just a dude. You know? uh, and he's a real loser in uh, the live action version of Sailor Moon. Cool. Does, does she imagine getting married to them both at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> when you saw that growing up, were you like, yeah, that's the way to go? Marrying two. <laughs> marrying all the dudes I know at once. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just get more for me. I'm not sharing them with anybody. She did not. And that's the thing is like, it's so, it's so funny and innocent because it's like, she just doesn't see the problem with it. And then, right. and there's like some really, there's a really funny scene actually in an episode that we were just talking about on the podcast where like, she takes them both out to lunch. It's like, oh, she, she didn't really intend to. It was like, she wanted to talk to Motoki about a problem she was having with another one of her friends, but then Mamaru showed up and was like, what's up, fat asshole? I'm here too. And then they like all go up for lunch. Who did he call a fat asshole this time? Now, does he literally call her fat? No, well, sort of. What does he say? Like, husky? No, just like, it just talks about her like being heavy and things like that sometimes. Yeah, that's uh, that's fat. Yeah, yeah. Is that in the, just in the English dub? No, it's, no, it's in the subtitles. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. I mean, I don't, I don't speak (laughs) Japanese, so for all I know, it's not translated correctly (laughs) okay cool so this is a side question you are really good at rattling off uh details and facts and having the names without any ums or ahs did that come from your ability to bullshit as a young horse riding kid yeah absolutely yeah because if so as a kid who could not admit to having not seen things i felt i should have seen I would immediately go and research that thing. And so I would have to memorize all the names very quickly (laughs) and not have lots of vocal pauses to make it seem plausible that I really know what I was talking about. (laughs) Excellent. Well, and it served you well in your career. Yeah. Uh, So this is another weird question from Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Wikipedia had a list of anime titles that were inspired by Sailor Moon. Oh, so okay. I'm going to read those to you, and there are a couple of fake ones in there, and oh. I want to see if you can tell me which the fake ones oh, okay. are. okay. We'll test your knowledge. Oh, wow. Other Magical Girl series. <laughs> exactly. So here's the list. Okay. Yes. Magic Knight Ray Earth. Sure. Wedding Peach. Yep. Panda Bear Event Horizon. Hmm. Spaceship Sad Face 2127. <laughs> Probably not. And Nurse Angel Rikera SOS. The, that's a real one. Okay. That last one is real. How do I say it correctly? Nurse Angel. I uh, Nurse Angel. Had, let me it's look at this. R-I-R-I-K-A? Ririka. Ririka. Ririka, yeah. <laughs> so can you say the whole title? Yeah, Nurse Angel Ririka SOS. <laughs> nice. And really fast. Uh, so so you're accusing me of, of Spaceship Sad Face 2127 is not a real <laughs> thing. Fair enough. What do you think the other fake one is? The panda one. Yeah, the panda, the, the panda one. <laughs> It's amazing because the anime titles are so, they sound so bizarre to our ears, but at the same time, they are hard to fake. Yeah. Because they are actually sincere. Well, and I also really like Magic Knight Ray Earth, uh, (laughs) and we have some fans of the podcast that have been asking us to do an episode about Wedding Peach, so. Okay. So, and what is, what's Wedding Peach about real quick? 
I, you know, I'm really not familiar with it. I hate to admit because I don't like to admit <laughs> well, that's that progress. I, haven't seen things I haven't seen. That's progress. Yeah, I'm making progress. That I can tell yeah. that uh, Panda Bear, uh, Red Panda Liam Neeson, has been coaching <laughs> exactly, you. Yes. It's okay to not know things. Yeah, it is. It's okay to it just is. say, I don't know what the hell Wedding Peach is about. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so how would it affect a person if they watched nothing but Sailor Moon for a week? If you watched nothing but Sailor Moon for a week? I mean, you would leave, you would end your week just believing that there is... Nothing better than the power of friendship. I mean, I mean that that because that's the thing. Like that is really what it is about. Like what I really like about Sailor Moon, particularly Sailor Moon herself as a character, is that all of her strength comes from her very feminine qualities. Okay. So it's like because she is compassionate and she is kind, and you know she puts the needs of her friends above her own needs. Like that is what makes her as powerful as she is. Okay, and, and, uh, and even magically, right? Mm-hmm, so, like, yeah. when she's using her yeah, items, yeah, yeah. she has to tap into her own emotions yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, she does, yeah. It's all, it all runs on the power of her heart. Aww. <laughs> yeah. uh, and now the show has, like, real stakes and tragedy. And, oh, like, totally, yeah. I mean, the other, the, the other thing you might take away, depending on what version you were watching, uh, assuming it was the 90s anime, is that uh, if you become a Yoma, you will probably have, like, a vacuum cleaner hand and a shoe butt. Because the <laughs> monsters in the 90s anime are crazy. Okay. They're crazy. And the the, the vacuum-handed, shoe-butted person yeah. is a villain? Yeah, yeah. Those are just like the monster of the week kind of things. Okay. Yeah. And she still defeats them with love. Yeah. And friendship, but mm-hmm. just a little bit less. Well, yeah. I mean, not not <clears throat> as much as like the characters that are like dealing with dark struggles that she has to like heal or defeat or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So that that's cool that that moral came out so clearly. Have you mm-hmm. ever been cognizant of being in a situation where you said, I'm going to handle this like Sailor Moon? I don't have any magical sticks to amplify it, <laughs> but I just need to use love to solve this. I'm trying to think. I I feel like it's I feel like if nothing else, like Sailor Moon has taught me to like be cooperative and like the the sort of value of teamwork yeah. and, and sort of taking everybody's individual perspectives and strengths into account. Right. And saying, like, this person's like Sailor Pluto. They're just standing at a door. Exactly. Like, this person, well, they're, they're really good at standing there. So I'm going to have them watch the door <laughs> so nobody else gets into this super secret meeting we're having. And then if there's a space-time problem, yeah, they can help out. solve it. <laughs> so where do you think your obsession with Sailor Moon will go in the future? Do you, do you see yourself still, like, obsessed with it when you're 87? You know, I have a, I have a very vivid memory of talking about Sailor Moon in the back of the car with my brother while we were driving out to dinner or something one time when I was a kid and my mom turning or my mom or dad one of them saying to me like you know you're probably not gonna like this thing as much when you're 30 I'm gonna be 30 in less than a month and I think I might like it more now yeah Uh, so I yeah I don't I don't really see it going away because it's something that throughout my life like I haven't maintained certainly the level of obsession I had with it at, you know, like 14 years old throughout from like 14 to now, but it's something that I always come back to. Um, so it's like, you know, I would, I always, I've always liked it. And, but then periodically I'd go back and I'm like, oh yeah, I really like Sailor Moon. And I'd start researching and researching it again and rereading the manga and like rewatching the live action series. So 
Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going away. Plus, there's so much Sailor Moon content to talk about. Like, we've got, like, five years of podcast content. Right, so no you'll problem. never stop doing the podcast. I yeah. think that's fascinating that your parents said, you know, you won't like this that much when you're older. Because I think generations of parents said that to their yeah. children and were right. Yeah. But not anymore. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in for a rude awakening. We will yep. not let go of anything. Nope. <laughs> If it was dumb when we were kids, we'll just remake it yep, we'll the way we like it. it. It'll be better. Uh, but I think it is fascinating that that uh, younger generations have gotten uh, attached to the things that they like as a kid, mm-hmm. and instead of going, ah, these are childish things, I'm going to put them away. We find a way to embrace embrace yeah. them as adults, exactly, and and make it like relevant to our adult lives. So you know, it's like for me, when Sailor Moon Crystal, the new Sailor Moon series came out. I, that, you know, I was 100% like completely back into Sailor Moon, just like diving into the deep end. And, uh, and I remember at the time I was kind of like, oh, I love, oh God, I love Sailor Moon. I really want a podcast that like really delves into Sailor Moon and all the stuff that I really like about it. And there wasn't one. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to make one. (laughs) Nice. Here we are today. (laughs) So imagining you're like, uh, 98 in a nursing home, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe 122 yep. <laughs> by the time yep. you reach that age. Exactly. What? How do you think you'd be expressing your love of, of Sailor Moon at that point? Well, I mean, I'll still have my blanket that is a replica of the blanket that is on Usagi's bed in her bedroom. Uh, I will definitely have uh, replicas of like the cutie moon rod and the moon stick just like displayed prominently uh, on a shelf near my bed or on my wall. Uh, I'll probably be like spending my days chilling in bed, like watching Sailor Moon reruns. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Sailor Moon? Um, it sounds familiar, yeah. Do you know what it is? It's like a show, I think. Have you ever heard of Sailor Moon? I have heard of it. It's the cartoon, right? My little nieces used to watch it. Sailor Moon. Sounds like an old like anime comic, right? Oh, God, my brother loves that stuff. Dragon Ball Z, right? Is your brother obsessed? Not obsessed. He doesn't jerk off to it. Have you ever heard of Sailor Moon? Yes. Can you tell me what it is? Uh, it's these sisters that have powers that all come from different moons. Do you know what a cutie moon rod is? I, I have no idea. I don't know, but it sounds sexual. I have no clue what a cutie moon rod is. I don't know. It sounds like some kind of, maybe like a rock or something. I don't know. A weapon of choice, maybe. I don't know. Do you know what a cutie moon rod is? No. What does it sound like? For a 25-year-old like me, it sounds like some sort of like porno situation. I saw Sailor Moon and her sisters at the boardwalk last week. I don't understand what that means. The sisters? Like Sailor Moon? They were here, some Japanese girls were dressed as Sailor Moon at the boardwalk. Yes, I saw the little purple, pink one, the main one, Sailor Moon, and the two other sisters, the green and yellow sister. Do you think love is a superpower? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not a superpower, no. Is love a superpower? Don't fall in love is the moral of the story. Yikes. You could be the CEO of anything. You could do anything you want. You could have the most fun, best life. But there's one thing that could ruin it. It's the L word. That's kind of a bummer, man. Do you believe love is a superpower? Absolutely. Love can conquer a lot of things. Absolutely. Why? Love is love. We're going to move on to the how obsessed are you questions. Okay. So I ask people these questions or variations of them on every podcast. There are no right or wrong answers. I just like to compare across podcasts how obsessed people are. Do you think about Sailor Moon every day? 
Well, uh, yeah, because I'm always thinking about like, oh, what are we? Because right now, uh, Sailor Moon Crystal is on hiatus until it comes back March 6th. So we've been like, what are we going to talk about this week on the podcast? So I think about it every day. Right. So you don't um, have that fresh content to just react to new stuff. Yeah, so you have exactly. to dig so deep like into digging, like, OK, what you know, what what musical are we going to talk about this week? Or do we want to cover some alternative plot line from the live action version? So, yeah. And, and I mean, and even without that, it's like I have the freaking blanket on my bed. can't <laughs> help but like have a little thought of Sailor Moon. Now, is the blanket magical? Does it do not, anything? No, it's just really cute. <laughs> it's got bunnies and moons on it. It just transforms you from awake to sleeping, yes. right? Yeah. Nice, nice. Yep. Would you start a conversation with a random stranger about Sailor Moon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, especially like, I mean, because I, I go to and work at a lot of conventions. Um, and I mean, sort of the, the nature of being at a convention is just interacting with random strangers. And right. Especially... Especially when you're sort of in this industry where there is this certain level of, okay, you need to go talk to people, you need to network. So, yeah, any anybody that, like, I see walking around, like, wearing a Sailor Moon shirt will just, like, accost them and be like, <laughs> here's here's business cards for our podcast, you should check it out, come to our panel, whatever. Nice, yeah. nice. Now, you know anime really well, so do. do you always recognize all of the anime characters at conventions? Not always. There's so much anime. Yes. Um, and for me there is kind of a gap in my knowledge. So I, you know, from about 12 to probably sort of 17, older high school, but not up to the point that I graduated, I was like crazy obsessed with anime, watched so much anime, like got fan subs of stuff. It was like hardcore. Okay. Um, And then when I was like 17, 18, and then when I was in college, I went through this phase of being like, I need to be a functioning adult. I need to be a functioning adult. I need to go to frat parties. I need to like, <laughs> live a normal life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never heard somebody say functioning adult means going to a frat no, but party. Like, you, but you, I, do, like, I know you what know you mean. mean like, I know what you mean. More, more like quote unquote normal. You need to be normal and in the normal world. Yeah, it's just exactly. a, a funny contrast from so functioning I, adult to, to parties, doing yeah. a kegger. <laughs> Uh, which I didn't go to frat parties. I went to acapella parties. <laughs> like, I was not, like, I tried, but it did not I would out. never, ever judge you for loving anime or having a Sailor Moon blanket. I know. But acapella parties, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll be a dick about that. Right there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so there, there is sort of this gap in my knowledge from when I was in college. But I was still watching cartoons and stuff in college. It just wasn't anime. And okay. I didn't play as many video games. And then once I started touring, because uh, I, I toured with the Children's Theater Company for two and a half years right after I graduated college. Cool. And once I was on the road and I had all this time to myself, like when I wasn't actively like rehearsing with the kids or doing the shows or doing workshops, I like had all this time to get back into the things that nice. I really liked. And so I just went like balls deep into JRPGs <laughs> and anime again. So, but yeah, there, there is sort of this like five-year gap in my knowledge. Excellent, excellent. Uh, would you get a Sailor Moon tattoo? Uh, I don't have a Sailor Moon tattoo, but I have a Revolutionary Girl Utena tattoo. So, uh, yes, I would. Okay, so yeah. what would you get? What what would sum up Sailor Moon for you? Uh, I want to get the, uh, the like bloomed flower version of the um, Silver Crystal. Okay. Which is like the source of Sailor Moon's power. That's the gem that runs on the power. Is it kind of a MacGuffin? Does it run through the series as a thing that people are chasing after? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Would you read or write slash fiction about Sailor Moon? (laughs) 
I always ask that question. It's a, it's a little more potent with something like Sailor yeah, Moon. Yeah, uh, well, uh, when I was a kid, uh, when I was like... <laughs> no, actually, actually, I just realized I went through a phase in college where I started to get back into Sailor Moon. I'm like having a, a very vivid memory. So I stayed to do a Maymester one summer. So basically it's like you stay for May and you take one class and you have that class like four days a week for, for like three hours a okay. day. Um, Great was, name for an anime yep, too. And it was a general science class. And we were talking about the planets and that got me thinking about Sailor Moon again. So I was just like daydreaming this crazy fan fiction that I started writing um, that was about the Silver Millennium. And so it was, it was all going to be about how the Sailor Guardians and the Shitano got together and it was going to be sexy. Um, but <laughs> it was, the earth was like the prehistoric earth. So like there were all like Endymion and all of his people were there, but there were also dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> yep. Any dragons? No dragons. Okay. No. You said, I think one of the saddest sentences in the English language, it was going to be sexy. Uh, I didn't get that far. Okay, why did you stop? Did you have to go to oh, a kegger? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like, boys across the street for me did get a keggerator, so. <laughs> and a lot of beer pong to play. <laughs> so why didn't you finish it? Did you just get distracted by uh, yeah, adult I just, concerns? I, I was just very, no, I mean, I, I've always been the kind of person to, like, super overschedule myself. Okay. Um. So, I mean, that that was it. It was, like, during Maymester, I had all this free time to, like, Right, it was an epic fan fiction, like okay. many chapters. <laughs> so you really needed to war- build up. There was a lot of world building. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and like the build up to these people who should hate each other getting together. Right, right, it has to make perfect sense. Yeah. Cool, cool. So the only reason that you have not written full on <laughs> Sailor Moon slash fiction is because Time. you are too busy being Time. an adult. Yeah, excellent. No, I wrote, I wrote. Uh, uh, in more recent history, uh, some some sexy stuff. Oh, nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. Sailor Moon in specific. Yeah. Oh, nice, yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> would you break up with someone who didn't like Sailor Moon? <laughs> I mean, it, I I think I would have to break up with someone who actively hated it, who couldn't like accept my obsession with right, it. Right, especially when your obsession is based on, this is what taught me that love and friendship and teamwork is the best way to Better, solve conflict. Exactly. <laughs> That's fucking stupid, yeah. Okay, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but would you break up with somebody who just kind of didn't get it? Like, no matter how much you tried to show them, he listened to podcasts, I'm assuming he or she, I don't yeah, know. he, um, probably... Yeah. You'd probably just have to let them go yeah, if they were just not yeah, cool. If they just really, if they just straight up didn't get it, I because I'm I'm gonna be real with you right now. So, <laughs> Kelby, one of my co-hosts on Love and Justice, her husband Sam was not into anime at all. Right, not at all. Thought it was super weird. Didn't like it, etc. Somehow he ended up watching Attack on Titan and then was like. I kind of like this. I'm going to give other anime a chance. And now, like, independently, he is watching the live-action version of Sailor Moon just <laughs> on his own. And he had zero interest in Sailor Moon before. He thought it was super weird. Yeah. He likes to weird him out by showing him stuff from Sailor Stars, where the, the Sailor Starlights are, like, men who transform into women. <laughs> so, like, we really tried to put him, like, to weird him out as much as possible. And he... Just embraced it. So nice. He I just like, found a way. Exactly. So, like, if Sam can do it... And you can make that effort for somebody that you love. Like, someone should be able to do that for me. Right. So just like Sailor Moon, you have hope. Yeah, I do. That the power of Sailor Moon can transform yes. this guy. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Would you swear at a nun if she insulted Sailor Moon to your face? 
swearing a nun? Yeah. Yeah, because one of the bad guys in Sailor Moon is an asshole nun. <laughs> is he? Is that his name? It's asshole no, nun? Asshole, no, it's a woman. She's a nun. She's teaching. She's like a teacher at this school who <laughs> moonlights as like a jazzercise instructor. <laughs> like you do. Yeah, yeah. Sailor, yeah, Sailor Stars was a, that was a time. That was, yep. <laughs> uh, so you feel like you you know how to attack a nun because you learned it from oh, Sailor yeah, Moon? Or? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I also learned that there are no nice nuns. That I actually learned from Sam because we made him watch that episode. Uh, and he said that it was a bold-faced lie because this nun was nice. And he's like, mm, no, nope, I was Catholic school. <laughs> nuns are not nice. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. That nun would deserve it. Uh, now, I believe I know the answer to this question, but uh, would you cosplay as a Sailor Moon <laughs> character at San Diego Comic-Con? I do. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, 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 not I didn't at San Diego. At San Diego, God, what did I cosplay at San Diego? I cosplayed Bulma from Dragon Ball, and then I did a really sweet team cosplay with one of my friends that were the two main characters from this video game, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I don't know if you ever played that game. <laughs> I have not. It was amazing. Uh, I was the boy character, Zeke. I got to style this really spiky blonde wig. Uh, but at WonderCon last year, and uh, at a couple other conventions I've worn it as well, I do cosplay as Sailor Venus, who is... Okay. My favorite of the Sailor Senshi. Now, if she's your favorite, why didn't you want to have a drink with her? Because I feel like I'm very similar to her, and that's why she's my favorite. <laughs> okay, so you just feel like you'd have a drink a with yourself. With myself. All right. Yeah. So who is? What is Sailor Venus's power? What well, is she's, she okay, stand by? So she's the leader, actually, okay. of the of the Sailor Guardians. Like in the past, that's what she was. Um, she's very. A very different character in the 90s anime than she is in the manga and Crystal and particularly the live action version Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon um, which weirdly enough might actually be my favorite version of Sailor Moon <laughs> um, she's the you know she's the big sister she's the one who like takes all the responsibility on herself okay. and is afraid to admit that she needs help and <laughs> yeah fair enough fair yeah, enough and yeah. what is and her ter- ter- she's the guardian of love and the irony of it is like should she love not happening for her right she doesn't have time for it because no. she's too busy guarding it exactly nice yeah. nice and does, what kind of uh, stick does she have does she have a stick she has a chain that she wears around her waist uh, and her one of her attacks is Venus love me chain her lights are, her her, uh, her powers are all like gold and light because that's associated with the planet venus in like okay. japanese culture okay um and and love obviously because she's the guardian of love so does she hit people or blast them with rays she hits them with her love chain <laughs> and what happens to them then they get ensnared and zapped with energy <laughs> it's magical attacks yeah yeah that's no, all very in, in, uh, in pretty guardian sailor moon the live action version they do their stunt doubles are all gymnasts so like there's a lot of cartwheels that happen <laughs> excellent excellent uh would you watch a live action sailor moon movie made by adam sandler no no because he would not get it <laughs> no that's that's kind of the idea of the question so you yeah, you, you just absolutely not no and i've met adam sandler and he's a very nice person but he would not i do not trust sailor moon in his hands especially because like adam sandler is notorious for being like i'm gonna take all my people on a vacation but we're gonna pretend like it's because we want to make a movie and we're just going to make this really bad movie, but really we're just going on a vacation. Right. So he would get all of his friends to make a crappy Sailor Moon movie. So even if you were hit with a Venus love belt, that would not be enough. Venus love me chain. A Venus love belt. That's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right. This is the uh, final question. It is a weird question. I ask it of everyone. If you could not watch Sailor Moon without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still watch Sailor Moon? (laughs) Ooh. Especially because, like, 
Sailor Moon Crystal is just about to come back, I'm going to say yes. Yes. Because right. I need to. I you, need you, to see You have to see because, it. Because, yeah, I, I mean, because the new series, Sailor Moon Crystal, is very faithful to the original source material um, in a way that the 90s anime was not... Uh, and in a way that the live action version was not, but whereas the 90s anime added a lot of silly filler, the live action version like really fleshed out the story and the characters. Okay, cool. Um, the, the live action version of Sailor Moon, the effect, it is low budget. Um, the effects are not good. The uh, Yoma are all uh, like choose your own Super Sentai villain. Like they clearly went into a warehouse and were like, we're going to use this helmet and this shirt. <laughs> And these boots and these leggings. That's a monster. Nice. Um, but once you get past that, and like the girls' costumes and wigs are amazing, but like once you get past like the cheesy low budget factor, like the acting is so good and the storytelling is, it's just so complex and interesting and it deals with a lot of like difficult topics. Um, so I, I absolutely love the live action version, but it is really cool to see the original story being brought to life on the screen. And so like, I need to see what they do with the next story arc because right. like the next story arc, the um, infinity Academy um, Deathbusters arc, that's like where it really gets going. They okay. introduce more of the, the outer guardians. So like sailor Uranus and sailor Neptune show up um, and, uh, and you get a lot and all the girls get like more powers. And I, I just, <laughs> I need to see it. Cool. So you would definitely uh, take a punch in the crotch in okay. order to see new stuff. Yep. Would you take a punch in the crotch to go back and watch old stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. I have to, professionally speaking, because I go back and talk about that old stuff. Oh, that's my that's my favorite. That I got something <laughs> to say. Professionally speaking, I would need to be punched in the crotch yeah. in order to. Now, uh, people normally bargain with this question, mm. uh, and that's why I have it phrased as, "Would you or someone you love mm-hmm. be punched in the crotch?" But I feel like you've already answered that. Mm-hmm. You as the organizer. You as uh, Sailor I'm, Venus, right? Yeah. Sailor Venus would take the she punch in the totally crotch. She would totally take it. She absolutely <laughs> would. If it was for the good of the team, hell yeah. Yeah. Cool. I asked people to make a noise to sum up their obsession. Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with Sailor Moon? <laughs> oh, wow. A noise to sum up my obsession. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> is that unique to Sailor Moon or is that general excitement? <sighs> I feel like... That's, that's like... To any sort of like cute, sugary, magical girl, yeah, kind of thing, I think. Yeah, is that high pitched squeeing noise? So that you make the high pitched squeeing noise. Is there a different noise that you would make for when the show gets like deep and tragic and real? Hmm. hmm. I'm trying to think. <laughs> deep and tragic and real. I just listen. It's like <laughs> it's like ugly tears, ugly okay. sobbing. I don't know if I can really recreate that with just my voice and not my face, but it's like Claire Danes, like Homeland Ugly Cry. <laughs> that yeah. is an excellent noise. Yeah. Claire Danes, Ugly Homeland Cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the best noises I've heard. Mm-hmm. I have been rating people's obsession to kind of compare across the mm-hmm. podcasts. Uh, so I think I'm going to give you five out of seven cutie moon rods. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> because you are very, very knowledgeable. You're very obsessed. Yes. Uh, but it's clearly not your only obsession. That is correct. Uh, you have a lot of obsessions and a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things. I do. But I, I suspect if you had to choose that Sailor Moon would be one of the things that you yeah. you would cling to. Like a- the absolutely. blankie in your bedroom. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would definitely put Sailor Moon up. Like in terms of my fandoms, it's something that's been with me for a very long period of time and that 
I do have a lot, a lot of knowledge of. But I, I mean, as you say, it's like I like a lot of stuff, but like Sailor Moon is definitely, definitely way right. It got you at a young age yeah. when you were a horse riding bullshit young <laughs> yeah, white girl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it has stuck with you and will stick with you uh, for a very long time. Yeah. And, and you're also cognizant of how it affects your actual life, mm-hmm. which I'm always interested in. Yeah. Yeah, and how sure. it actually affects people's real lives. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the social medias? Yeah. Uh, so you can find me personally, Emma Fife, uh, at my name. So E-M-M-A-F-Y-F-F-E. That is all Fs as in Fred. Uh, there are no S's as in Snake or as in <laughs> Sailor Moon. Uh, they, F and S uh, tend to sound the same on the phone or sometimes when you're listening to them on a recording. So it's very interesting when someone has called to make a hotel reservation for me. And they make it for like Emma Fife. Yeah, I'll show up to like any weird combination of Fs and Ss. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, at Emma Fife, that's where you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I also have a Facebook page, which is just Emma Fife entertainer i guess is i think what i classify myself as. is that actually part of the title uh no but or that, that's a, the category you, know when you make a facebook yeah. page you have to like categorize yourself yeah that's, yeah that's not part of the title that's okay my, that's my category is entertainer excellent um and then uh you can find me on a bunch of shows at afterbuzztv.com um which if you go to youtube and go to afterbuzz tv if you see star wars rebels or agent carter or uh geez uh, we just wrapped up ruby like i'm i'm on a whole bunch of shows um and then my sailor moon podcast is called love and justice uh if you look us up in the itunes store actually if you look up just sailor moon in the itunes store we're the second result that comes up nice uh there's one before us it's called sailor talk they haven't posted (laughs) an episode since 2008 Yet they still come up before us. They are not magical space princesses no, of podcasting. Not. You guys uh, are. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah, so Love and Justice. Uh, and then we're on Facebook, uh, Love and Justice, a serious Sailor Moon podcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter at LNJPod. Because you can't use an ampersand, which is that and right. symbol, in a Twitter handle. So the N is like the and part of Love and Justice. So Love L- and Justice. J nice. Pod, first part of podcast. Nice. Uh, and if you are listening to this podcast and like Obsessed, but don't follow us on Twitter, you can follow us as at Obsessed Podcast. So please do that. So I have uh, final questions that I okay. ask people. They don't have anything to do with their your obsession, okay, but cool. they can if you want. Which would you rather be able to shoot out of your hands? A Wi-Fi signal or water? Water. <laughs> yeah. Now, why? Well, I mean, I, it kind of goes back to the sort of like magical girl thing of like I want to have elemental powers right you want to be attached to something yeah. ancient yeah and real in real yeah. not some bullshit wi-fi, wifi signal, signal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fair enough fair enough uh, if there were a dance move named after you what would it be oh god <laughs> I would accept that as an answer but <laughs> um it would be oh, man dance move named after now are you a dancer do you dance uh my background's in musical theater so uh, oh, okay. I, did, I, I did dance a bit growing up do you dance socially like at conventions parties oh, uh, i went to the jane austen ball earlier <laughs> this year which was amazing now was there a lot of like edm music where people like really uh dancing their asses off at the jane austen party <laughs> no it was all like traditional english country dancing so did you learn actual like proper jane yeah. austen dancing yeah i did did they teach you exactly when in the dance you should exchange weird passive-aggressive subtext <laughs> with your with your dance partner 
Uh, no, you have to figure that one out for okay. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you have done musical theater dance, and you have... Yeah, like jazz and tap. And, and you've taught uh, yourself uh, oldie-timey oldie Jane Austen dance. Jane Austen dance. But do you do, like, social dancing, like club dancing? No. <laughs> Fair enough. No. Fair enough. Like, it would be, like, Whitey McWhite White. That, that would be the dance <laughs> that, 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 for me. <laughs> I accept that. No, I mean, like... I. At friends' weddings and things, like, I, I can get down on the dance floor. Like, I I really enjoy it. Um, The thing about, God, this is going to get, like, really strangely real, uh, about, like, I don't like to go out to clubs because yeah. this is the thing. Like, unlike the Jane Austen social dancing, which is very, like, there's set moves that you're supposed to do and it's all very, like, as you say, like there's there's good moments to uh, exchange a witty repartee, right? Uh, and for you, it, it can be memorized, yeah, right? Yeah, and mastered. Exactly, it can be memorized and mastered, uh, which, as I have made very clear on this podcast, <laughs> is something that is uh, very agreeable to me. Um, but yeah, just like going out to the club and dancing, it's like I feel like club dancing is like too sexual. Yes. For me. No, and I totally understand that. I le- I had discovered late in life <laughs> that I like dancing, but it was only because I would do it at conventions with my weirdo right. friends. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then every once in a while, people are like, "Oh, you're a good dancer." Like, no, no, I'm not. Right. I'm a comedian. I'm doing yeah. comedy dance. Yeah, like, yeah, no, exactly. no, I'm you're like, just I'm dancing. Just laughing at myself. So then I eventually, I was like, "Oh yeah, but this is great. This is a great part of conventions." Yeah. That I can. Yeah. No, that that I like, but like, oh, I don't get down at the club. But that's yeah, the no. thing is that like it's fine that I'm like super white and and awkward with my. <laughs> hands like when doing club dancing at a convention do you not know what to do with your hands yeah that's actually the uh the um defining characteristic of a white girl dancing okay is being unaware of what to do with your hands so maybe your dance would just be called what's up with my hands yeah what's up with my hands yeah, yeah. fair enough yeah that's why the white girl it's like you like touch your hair because you don't know what to do with your hands because they, they gotta go somewhere they gotta, yeah. they gotta go somewhere <laughs> nice and the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness Happiness, oh man. Happiness is being able to make a career out of like doing something that you love. Cool. You know, because you you gotta love what you do yeah. because you you do it every day. <laughs> like it would be terrible to go through life like not not making stuff that's like I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. So, like, it's, like, for me, like, what makes me most happy is that, like, I am able to basically, like, talk about the things that I like and travel and go to all of these conventions and meet all these really incredible people that are involved in creating the stuff that I like. And I like that I get to, like, talk to these people and share their experiences with other people who are fans of them and that I I sort of a bridge between yeah. like the creators and the fans. Yeah. So happiness for you is not giving up that show that your parents yeah, thought you exactly, would. Exactly. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. That is our podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Here are all the Sailor Moon characters I can name. Uh, Sailor Moon, Sailor Venus, Sailor Mars, Sailor Mercury, Sailor Jupiter, Sailor Saturn, Sailor Neptune, Sailor Pluto, Sailor Aluminum Siren, Sailor Lead Crow, Sailor Iron Mouse, Sailor Galaxia, Fish Eye, Tiger Eye, uh, Siri Siri, June June, Pala Pala, uh, Queen Nehalu.